Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're going to be South Side regardless. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like fancy island. With your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited. It's going to be a good time. Go White Side. This is the South Siders 670 podcast available from Odyssey and anywhere you get your podcast. My name is Shane Reardon. I'm a producer at 670 The Score. And my co-host is usually Gabe Ramirez, one of our night hosts and part-time fill-in hosts at The Score. He is out today. He's on family vacation. So he said, go ahead and enjoy those kids, those two screaming kids under three years old. You do your thing, man. I know this is usually an escape for you, but go enjoy your vacation. So filling in so kindly is the crew from from the 108, probably, in, in my opinion, outside of Suspedis barbecue maybe one of the best organically built baseball podcasts and franchises around and Thank you. Uh, they're, yeah of course they're that's the only compliment you're going to get so uh, <laughs> it's a lot for us it's above average for us in general Treasy in the top right hand corner uh my sock summer in the bottom right hand corner and birthday boy beef loaf in the bottom left hand corner boys thank you very much for joining me how are you oh doing great man thank you for having us yeah, of course. Thank you for coming. I know it's early, ten o'clock on a on a Friday, um, and I know beef. You probably want to be like ten mimosas deep, or maybe you are ten mimosas deep. Might already. be. <laughs> Not yet. I still have a, I still have a work day. I'm negotiating, so a little bit later we'll get to the wine. We'll start hitting that wine later on today. Oh damn! Are you guys going to any games uh, next weekend? Next week? Are you doing any of the games next week? Because I'm kind of fucking tired of going to games. Oh, <laughs> come on! <laughs> I, I think I'll be at most. most. I'll be at most of the games next week. I think Tuesday, you know, Tuesday nights we've been doing uh, with with Sox Machine, we've been doing a thing called Playback where we we are talking over the game. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. So we've been missing some of the Tuesday games. And I think Wednesday's a day game. Uh, I'll tell you, Shane, I, I'm not at the point you're at, yeah. but I ain't taking off uh, days of work to go to the game either. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I know I get you, I get your point there, but there's enough entertainment in the stands in general, uh, interacting with other Sox fans that it makes it worthwhile for me to still go. But I agree with you. It's at some points the product on the field is uh, not appeasing. It's it's not pretty. But this last week, if we played Detroit enough times, it's it's very fun to watch. You know, they're, they're, scoring they're lots of ones, and they're coming they're coming around. I hope. You know, we'll see. I don't think this weekend I was saying last night on our podcast or, or show much, show much because we're going to get whooped. So just get ready to get whooped. Uh, maybe do some things. Maybe Makata can get a couple hits and we'll see. He's looked really good so far. And the only thing that I'm like looking at right now, I'm forgetting about the Astro series. I'm forgetting about the Blue Jays series. I'm looking ahead to the first week of July where the White Sox start with 19 games against divisional opponents. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. Forget this. We had this like four weeks ago on the, on the Parkinson Spiegel show, Speaks 
because he's you know he's the big baseball mind you know he knows everything about baseball he looked allegedly and he said all right there's this stretch of of 53 games i want to predict today the record that the white Sox are going to have in this imperially important stretch of 53 games where there were like seven games against divisional opponents we just kind of laughed him off gave him a record anyway i think i said they were going to go like 30 in in 23 trying to be somewhat optimistic and then they absolutely shit the bed but the real important stretch is the stretch where they just go back to back to back to back to back against Cleveland, Kansas City, Detroit, Minnesota, or not Detroit. They're not in that stretch, uh, but 19 straight games. So if the White Sox are back, that's when they're back. They're back in that stretch of 19 games because right now it's encouraging, but you're playing the absolute bottom of the barrel in Detroit. Right. And you get another bottom of the barrel team coming up in, in Baltimore. So if you can have that kind of way against the, you know, the Jays and the, the Astros series have those two, you know, bad teams uh, to kind of balance that. I think staying about a few games back, like four or five games back, going into the stretch you're talking about, you, you got to feel good if you can if you can walk into that stretch at that point. But you got to take care of business at that point. Let's hit the major White Sox storylines real quick thus far this season. Where are you guys at on Tony? We were all at the game on Saturday uh, when the fire Tony chance erupted, and it's unfortunately been – I mean, outside of the sweep against Detroit, it's been the focal point of this season, whether or not Tony La Russa is fit mentally, physically to run this team and motivate them to win a World Series. Where are you guys at on Tony? Teresa, you go first. I'm, I'm not a big fan at this point. I think a, a lot of the things that he's doing is either overthinking or if he's truly looking at analytics, mis misdiagnosing what he's seeing in analytics. I, get, I think a good example is putting a shift on Cody Clemens the other day. The, you don't, you do not have enough data to put a shift on him. I, I'm a guy who's pro shift. I, I like the, you know, I like using your team to and, and information to the best of your ability. You don't have that information. You're using a very small sample size to try and guess where this guy's going to hit the ball. Uh, additionally, I mean, that's, that's, that's similar to his, his thinking behind the the Trey Turner walk. Sorry to bring it up. I know you don't want to talk about it anymore, Shane. No, but it, I, it's it's a it's a similar thing, right? Where he's like, well, look at how he does on one two counts. It's like, dude, you're taking the the smallest amount of data. If the thing that happened, uh, you know, like if if you were to say he is, oh, he's like, he's doing this on one and two. If you would have struck him out there, those numbers change drastically because the sample size is so small. So I think misuse of, of simple analytics like that is is disappointing if that's truly what they're doing. If not, he's just going gut feel all the time and it's wild. Like he's he, he doesn't have the acumen anymore to do something like that. It, so it, I, 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 I'm kind of out on him. It's arrogance, right? It's I've been it around like game much longer than every single one of you. Don't you dare question any of my decisions. And you talked in the right there about analytics. It's exactly why Dave, why Shelly Duncan's there. Shelly Duncan is supposed right. to be there to assist in the analytics. The younger guys in the game, Ethan Capps is supposed to be there to assist in the analytics of at bats and matchups. But Tony, it's, I mean, obviously I don't know this to be fact, but it seems like he just dismisses everything. Before you add on Tony. Yeah, I'm similarly to Treasy. I was never a big fan of the hire to begin with, but we always tried to analyze it best we could and take the emotions out of like, hey, I didn't like this kind of almost nepotism hire coming in. I think the key, though, is what you're mentioning right there, Shane, is can he turn over a new leaf? Can he humble himself and say, you know what? I don't know everything and allow kind of you've noticed the lineups have changed a little bit. 
They've started using an opener in a couple spots. So maybe he is realizing, hey, you know what? I don't know everything. And he's humbling himself and saying, it's time for me to relearn some parts of this. If he does, they get a, ch a chance. If he goes back to the, the stubbornness of, of some of these other descriptions, you know, the, the, the moves he made and then him backing those up with, with uh, almost pure nonsense, they're in big trouble this year. Jacob? Oh, Government names. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's right. Okay, cool. Uh, no, that's totally fine. You can do that. Uh, you can find it. Crap out. <laughs> so what I uh, what I think is, you know, what before Rick Renneria was not the guy, right? And everyone's like, ah, oh, this guy's horrible. This guy's horrible. So then we get something that's even more horrible, and then we appreciate or we appreciate what we used to have. Um, I don't think that the manager can do a lot of things to the players on the field, but can definitely hurt them. It seems to be that Tony LaRusso is starting to hurt the players. Now, an encouraging sign to me is Lance Lynn being back and not being afraid to yell at the coaches as we saw him and Joe McEwing get into it. So it, it's like we have a guy, I don't think Jose Abreu is that type of a person where he would go at one of the coaches. Lance Lynn definitely is that guy so he can say something to him and maybe they'll get out of their heads because that's he's a good shakeup. he's a funny guy and uh I'm, I'm encouraged by him coming back just for the clubhouse get it more fun get people excited in this like forget about all of the underperforming shit that's gone on you know since day one so i, I, I thought for sure mss was going to start singing don't know what you got till it's gone when he started talking about rick renteria listen i was i was hoping for it i was i was looking for some cinderella man the julian lennon stuff did not go so well on the uh the playback the other night so i am definitely not going to sing unrehearsed <laughs> i don't think he would mind that i'm sharing this but last couple weeks ago on uh, Wednesday, June 1st, I texted Rick Renteria. I was trying to get him on the show. I'd like just take a, a, a shot in the dark and maybe he'll do it, right? He didn't text me back until a week later. And he said, I don't use my phone much these days. I stay away from it as, as far as much as humanly possible. I just saw your text. Thanks for reaching out. I texted him about when he came into our studio to make ceviche in our, in our culinary uh, studio. Mm -hmm. He said, I really missed that day. That was so fun. I love my ceviche. But I'm not doing anything at the moment. But I sure do appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your week. The sweetest man in the world. I would do anything man. to have him in the way that he related to those players back in that dugout. Absolutely, Absolutely. everything. Anything. Hundred okay. percent agree. This is a pro Ricky group right here. Yeah. We always loved Ricky. Shane, imagine this too. Imagine this scenario of they only let go of Don Cooper and they brought in Ethan Katz. How would you feel about that, that coaching staff? I feel like that that would be, you know, that, that would help take care of, of, of some of what we, we had concerns with Ricky about. I mean, how do you guys feel about, I mean, that would be fine, but how do you feel about like Daryl Boston and Joe McEwing, the guys who allegedly are in charge of defensive positioning, space running coaching. How do you feel about those guys? Because Majority of your standard fan isn't paying attention to base coaches, right? But those guys are there. Um, Daryl Boston's in charge of the outfielders. Joe McEwing, like we saw the blow up, Lance Lynn's in charge of shifting and defensive positioning. They don't do any of that well. And I don't know if they were doing it well under Ricky either. It sure seems like they've fallen off, but they don't do any of it well. I, I don't quite get why McEwing is in charge of the infield positioning. Uh, when you have he's, fun, he's you know, he's the fun guy. 
Yeah, right, but does cool handshakes. But like when <laughs> when when the, they got Miguel Cairo as the bench coach, and yeah. like there was this whole thing about like look at all the great work he's done with these infielders and at these other uh, these other teams, and this is just a steal for us. And then you go, McEwing, you're in charge of the infield. Was, what? What are you What are you doing? Right. Uh, <laughs> I I though I will say, I am probably one of the few people that will will kind of defend Joe McEwing in terms of his aggressiveness at third base. And the reason I, I do, and I, look, I'm not excusing the, the Grandal send the other day. Like that's, that's ridiculous. But in general, McEwing will run on any outfielder that is not an above average arm because outfield arms have dwindled. They're, they're much worse. You see a lot less assists from the outfield, especially at home plate. So it's, it's to me it's a, it's a it's a fair risk to take especially with a team that's been underperforming run wise now recently they've they've put up the runs but the whole beginning of the year it's been a struggle to score so him being aggressive on guys that can't really throw the ball that well yeah if they get lucky a few times and, and get us out it's you know that's the risk you're taking but a lot of times when he's doing this man there's no one up after that you know, you're getting into the bottom of the order. You're like, yeah, do you want Josh Harrison to bat and get this guy out in with two outs? No, you're going to send a guy. So I've, I, in general, I'm not too concerned with that. I'm just more concerned with, like, they've done a terrible job of shifting over the past two years. Uh, I don't know how much of that has to do with the pitchers not pitching into the, the shift, but it can't be that much. Uh, they're just awful at it. If you like what you're hearing remember to subscribe to south sider 670 podcast feed and uh before we get into one of the most bizarre things that i've seen in a little while uh remember to subscribe to south sider 670 wherever you get your podcasts what the fuck is going on with liam hendrix do you believe in because I, i'm i'm a huge liam fan on the field off the field professionally personally whatever i think he's so great i love his transparency i also think he's a little bit of a bullshitter and you can't get as far as he has without being a little bit of a bullshitter. Sure. I believe that he's had a tear in his UCL since 2008. I believe it when he says that, when he was talking to Daryl Van Scallen yesterday, or a few days ago. I believe when he says that. I don't believe that this is the first time that he's seen, it, or I, I do believe that this is the first time he's seen the most in, infl inflation, not inflation. What's the inflammation. word? Inflammation. Inflammation. Inflammation in his elbow. But I don't believe that he's going to be ready July 1st. He speaks with so much confidence, but it's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, that's what closers do. Closers have to have that confidence. They have to be able to fail mightily in front of you, blow a lead, blow the entire game, and then the next day go back, wash that away, and not even think about it. It's like a great shooter. If they miss a bunch of shots in a row, they got to be ready to take that next shot. And so that, that's what Liam's got. He's got that bravado. And I agree with you, Shane. Like, I'm really worried about this. I've been actually worried about Liam a little bit because of his overuse. I mean, he has been ridden hard and put away wet for the last four years. And, like, he's been – he's a tough guy. He's been a bulldog. But at some point, that all comes crashing down. I hope it's not now. I hope, I hope he does get through this. I hope he is back in three weeks. I think it's no surprise why the White Sox were so active trying to sign another bullpen arm in the offseason, too. I think they've known this. They've seen it. They kind of have hit it and still tried to push him out as this guy. That's why they signed Kate Craig Kimbrell. I also can't speak English sometimes. And that, like the, the like getting Joe Kelly. I mean, they're they were definitely afraid that this would happen and they prepared for it. Unfortunately, they got an injury prone guy to replace an injury prone guy. 
They signed two guys that can be closers, right? That's a great Graveman and Kelly. Exactly. We're making, we made such a big deal about how much money they allocated towards closers and towards the, towards the bullpen in general and how much they didn't allocate towards second base. And there's no excuse. Like you, you don't, you, one thing is not exclusive to the other. They could have spent money at second base and also spent the same amount of money that they did in the bullpen because they're the third market. They're the third market. They, they should have a, a top five payroll every single year. There should be absolutely no excuses. But you're right. My Sox summer, it makes a ton of sense now that they spent as much money as they did for insurance policies. I loved Ronaldo Lopez there the other day. I thought he looked awesome sharing the game down the other day. Me but too. What I am worried about, I wanted Ronaldo to be the the three-inning stretch-out guy they needed to. And they did stretch him out. He hasn't pitched a single game over two innings yet this year. And I know that Davis Martin looks good there, and like maybe he can be that kind of guy for you, but I thought that was going to be Ronaldo Lopez. I mean, it's it's tough to put Davis Martin into that position because yeah. you you didn't invest in starting pitching in the offseason, so you're thin at starting pitching. So if there's an injury, if there's someone even like even like what what Kopech's dealing with right now, right? Davis Martin needs to be on the roster to fill that fifth spot if if necessary. So you can't put him into a long reliever role. Like you have to you have to count on Jimmy Lambert or Vince Velasquez to be that guy because you you didn't invest and you invested in in guys who could be closers because you didn't develop anyone to be a closer in the minors you couldn't do it you have a 40-man roster full of guys that are just trash relievers i mean like if you look at the guys that are on, on the 40-man like if, if we were to say hey we need to bring up a, a reliever tomorrow you bringing up yoan ibar no you're not and so you know not de- not developing these guys makes you pay at the closer position because you've got a guy like liam hendricks who's been overworked for the past half a decade so and then it's it's all kind of a waterfall effect, right? Like, I mean, like now now you you've spent that money to back that up, but now you don't have money for second base, and that's the problem that we're in. You know, might be available in Pittsburgh. You want a guy who can thirty four innings? You know oh no! You talking you know talking Q here? You know, it's real cheap and is only making about four hundred grand after the trade deadline for this year on a one year deal. Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana is available in Pittsburgh, boys. That is your, his strikeout rate is phenomenal right now. Jose Quintana found it again, and he needs to find it back on the south side. The reunion would be great, and the balance would be great because they don't have a left-handed starter right now, right? And you had, only had one left, left-handed starter in the group. You had to uh, send Dallas away. I, I heard he's not doing great on his reassignment in Arizona. Um, yeah, we, you could use the balance, and it would be great. I mean, I loved Q when he was here. Hard luck starter. I know not everyone shares that uh, assessment, but I love the guy when he's here. I'd love to see him come back. That would be absolutely terrific. I mean, it'd be fun to have Q, Cease, and uh, and Eloy all on the same team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and Q being the lowest paid out of all of them, which is very <laughs> odd. Just odd in general. Yeah, exactly. Lucas G. Little tonight against Framber Valdez of the Houston Astros. If you want to make a make a statement, if you want to, I, I don't really like we talk about turning points on this podcast pretty often. We try to find turning points because I think turning points are fun. Like before Joe Kelly got injured, that mound visit that he had in the, in the eighth with Ethan Katz, where he had bases loaded with no outs. Katz comes out there and boom, shuts them all down. That was a turning point for me. A series victory against the Astros, no shit, is a is a turning point. 
And if you want people yeah. to, to see that, hey, it wasn't a fluke against the Detroit Tigers and maybe the worst team in baseball, this is your turning point series. And I think I think Michael Kopech throws on Sunday. I think he's ready to throw on Sunday. I mean, that's yeah, I think- tall order. <laughs> it, it is tall order. But I'd, I'd rather him be a little bit uncomfortable and pitch. Oh, no, it, it, you know? Kopech, fine. I'm talking about tonight. You know, hey, let's let's go out and try not to embarrass ourselves. Like, I'll yeah. take – this is their best pitcher, right? Or one of their best pitchers? Yeah, like, outside of Rolander. Yeah, so, I mean, great, great he, he's doing very well. So, let's go in and let's, let's just get some hits. I'll take a loss if we at least get some hits against this guy and move forward in the right direction. Yeah, the, the left-handedness is tempting here. Uh, however, he does something that we as Sox fans don't want to see – which is he throws a lot of ground balls. And that's that's the that's the risk here. If if they come out and they're hitting, you know, even if the Sox are hitting the ball hard, if you're hitting 105 mile per hour ground balls, uh, no thanks. So like what I'd love to see is uh, AJ Pollock, uh, who should be, I assume he's leading off. I mean, we don't have the, the lineups yet. You but can't I'll assume... assume anything with this old fucking bastard. <laughs> yeah, but I'll make... I'll make the assumption. A few days in a row, maybe we'll see. <laughs> I'll make the assumption that he and not Lurie Garcia is leading off, and he's a guy. He's one of the few guys on this team that can hit a lot of fly balls. I would love to see him get under the ball immediately uh, in this game and kind of set the tone for the guys, saying like, "Let's let's let's put the beef." I know you don't I, want him to because I, you, you know what? Stick you know what I can't. I, you two knuckleheads are worried about uh, Framber Valdez. Forget that. I'm worried about Lucas Giolito getting back on track. All right. I love Lucas Giolito, but he's been mediocre throughout the year, and he's struggled. I mean, he blew that big lead the other other day. And I love his father. Rick is a great guy. We need Lucas Giolito ace back. That's what we need. We need Lucas Giolito ace. When he comes back, then all all my worries are gone because this offense is really starting to pop. And now I need these pitchers to get their act together. And and C struggled a little bit even in Detroit the other night. I need Lucas. I need him so bad. Well, it, it seems lost something on fastball. The last two starts that he's had, he's, he's thrown the fastball at less than a 35% clip. The fastball doesn't have the bite that it did. So if you want Cease to come back, I think he regained the control of the double curve, the control of the changeup uh, against Detroit. But the fastball is just not there. And that's, I mean, you can call the curve an out pitch. Of course, it's an out pitch. But I think the, fastball, the high fastball that tails a little bit is just as much of an out pitch as a curve in the dirt. He just doesn't have it right now. He had no control over that pitch. And, yeah. I, and it's it's weird because the, the White Sox are generally a team that can't control their secondary pitch. But uh, for, for him, it's been the first. And you saw him go to the knuckle curve a lot in that game. Uh, I, I think the overall, though, like uh, the amount of pitches that, that we threw against the Tigers in those first two games between Lynn and Cease is concerning as you're going into a series against a team like the Astros who have an actual good walk rate, as opposed to the Tigers who are just as bad as us, which is worse than the league. You know what I haven't seen from Lucas? And maybe this is just like meatball fan or whatever, but the the death glare when he's locked in and, you know, he just the, the kid, he's got his little, little hat on and he brings his glove up here. And you, only, you only see his eyes. I haven't seen a Lucas Giolito death player at all this season. You're not wrong. I, I think what's going to – and, again, I keep bringing him up, but Lance Lynn being back is the best thing that's going to happen to this team, the clubhouse, and the pitching staff because I think the joking around starts again, the ball busting starts again, and he can get out of his head a little bit. And also, it gives Lucas an opportunity to not have to depend 
only on himself and Dylan. Like those are the only two guys that are like, like you're supposed to be wins, right? So now you have a third guy in the mix that's supposed to get a win. So now you got three guys that can get wins versus two guys. And like, maybe that's the, the like a little bit of comic relief that will help them move past this little point. What's your serious prediction here? Is this a, is this a serious victory against the Astros? Are they going to get embarrassed on Apple TV plus technically national TV where you can see it nationally, but I don't think anybody does, if that makes sense? Yeah, I don't know who's tuning in. I don't in know if anybody one. even knows how to subscribe. I have a hard time logging into my Apple TV. <laughs> You know, I think I know old. how to do it. I I did it when they I watched it when they were in Boston and and uh, people were clobbering uh, Chris Young as the uh, the color guy on the uh, on the call. Yeah, he was, it was not great. He was not great. But I did watch that one, so I, I think I'd be able to manage to watch this one. Okay, is it Melanie Newman tonight? What is the crew tonight? I don't even look. I'm not sure. I, I haven't looked at. I don't know. I just found out it was on Apple TV 30 seconds ago. Oh man, uh, <laughs> wonderful. But I have Apple TV, so it's it's. I, I think I'll be able to work it out. Uh, a serious prediction, though, I, I I think we take one of three. That's um, and one of three. Yeah, I would love it. I would love to see uh, the the win happen tonight, and then I can go like, oh, hopefully I was wrong, and see another one this weekend and, and get the series win. But this is a tough team, man. This is a very tough team. We've had struggles with this team, and the Detroit Tiger series feels a little bit like fool's gold to me. So I'm not. I'm not sold on us getting a, a series victory here. I'd love to see it, but I'm not Apple sold teams. on it. The Apple TV tonight is Sunday Night Baseball on, on Sunday. And that's it's usually when I watch my shit to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I, I will say Kopech does get up for for the big games. And so sure. Astros on Sunday Night Baseball, I could see Kopech really throwing a gem, especially when we're all thinking like, ah, oh, this guy's knee's messed up, you know? Yeah. My Sox Summer, what do you got? I will also predict a one in three, but I agree with you, Shane, that if they want to make a statement, this is the time to make a statement. You're coming off three big wins, hitting the ball, and you can go in there, and if they get the right, if they get a little bit lucky and they play their asses off tonight and get that dub, maybe they can get two out of three. So I, 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 I'm, just, I'm not going to expect more than one. Um, and if they get one, I'll be happy. But I, I, I think that they could go in there, and if the momentum's right, you know, these guys embarrassed you last year at the playoffs. Like, you should be motivated to want to rip their heads off and beat them with a baseball bat and throw them in a trash can. And that hopefully, hopefully they do that. But I, I, I don't have a lot of faith, but, you know, they could, if you can suck it up and just go, it would be nice to see them do it. Beef? I'm absolutely terrified. I think they're going to get swept. And I think the main reason they end up getting swept here is they have nobody to neutralize the big hitters on the Astros. There's no lefty coming out of the bullpen to stop Jordan Alvarez, to stop Kyle Tucker. There's no one to put in that big spot. Like, you just don't have a guy there. They're in big trouble against those guys. So anytime they get in a high-leverage spot with that, with that offense against those mashers, they're in real big trouble. Like, the Sox are going to have to put up like eight runs to win a game in this series, in my opinion. It makes absolutely no logical or analytical sense. I'll, I'll say that first. But the White Sox will sweep the Astros this weekend. Yes, I love it. <laughs> yes! Absolute mayhem in Houston. It's going to be a season-defining series for Andrew Vaughn. He's going to homer two love times it. in the series. Reese McGuire is going to refrain from masturbating anywhere. It's just <laughs> overall... well, that, I'm not sure about that one right there, but yeah. I, I believe the rest of it. 
I don't think he'll play well if he does that. Too much pent up. Do you ever think about that? Maybe that's what Reese McGuire needs. Maybe he's masturbating too much. Oh, uh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's exhausted and dehydrated. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what a shit show. Tucker Barnhart's out there available. Like, all of these good catchers. It's, it's, Carlos Carlos Perez is mashing in, in Charlotte. And yeah. you got this guy wanking in a dugout, just shitting all over. Dude. <laughs> Hey, he has a really strong arm, though, Shane. He can yeah. throw guys out from his knees. God. You know, listen, that this, might be the that might be the workout plan. You don't know. MSS, I don't that, know. You know what I'll say about that? It is, it's the Eddie Murphy, like when you're starving and someone throws you a cracker. Seeing someone on the Sox throw someone out at second is the equivalent of the starving and getting a cracker. And like, oh, it's a Ritz cracker. And now we're, we're a few, you know, a couple months into it, and we're like, it's just a regular old cracker. Regular old cracker. So Trinity says one and two. My Sox Summer says one and two. Beef thinks they get swept, and I say the White Sox sweep the Astros. I got one more for you guys before I want to just do bare bones, uh, stupid season predictions. I don't want to do too much on this because I don't like to comment a lot on guys' personal lives when we don't really know all of the details. But the Tim Anderson stuff is kind of concerning. There's too much out there. Not solidified, confirmed, but there's too much out there where too many people are saying too many things. About, and for those who don't know, allegedly, Tim Anderson has a side piece who's pregnant. And allegedly, there's another side piece on top of her that came forward a couple of days ago. Um, is this a distraction? Or do you think in 2022, these, these adult men, these Major League Baseball players have seen enough of this where they can just kind of compartmentalize and not be worried about Tim Anderson's personal life off the field? So who wants to take this one? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, like, so, so I think it, I think it obviously is a distraction because it, it's, it's made it past, like, this is a, a problem that the guy's taking care of, you know, on the side here. It's, it's very much in the public eye. So it becomes a distraction because people are going to get asked about it. Uh, and they, they obviously don't want to answer questions about this or really think about this. I think from my standpoint, it's tough for me to, to make a lot of judgments on it because I don't know what these, what these people's relationships are at home, what their agreements are, anything like that. Like, I mean, I used to work in the music industry and there were guys and, and girls that would be out on tour. And when they're on tour, it was totally different set of rules in their relationship. Right. I don't, so I don't know what people, what people's relationships are like, but if we compartmentalize it to baseball, this is, way out there this is a, like people are, are well aware of this i mean we're talking about it right now if we know about it the team definitely is is aware of it they're having to deal with questions from you know whoever they're you know, it might it may yeah it, it may it may be more so at home than it is like a reporter asking them about it and so i think it, it's obviously a distraction and i think you know it we we actually recorded a piece last night that we didn't we didn't put out yet, but we we talked about and I'll ask you the question, Shane. Maybe you maybe can comment on this. I said, in Goodfellas, right? There's a situation like this, and Polly and Jimmy come and sit down Henry Hill and say, "This is no good. You gotta you gotta fix the situation." Who are the two guys on the Sox to do that? Who are the leaders on the Sox that would would do that with Tim? Well, first of all, and don't. Do anything to me next time I see you. I've never seen Goodfellas. Oh boy! <laughs> yes. 
Jane. We got to get you to see it, though. Like, that's, yeah, that's the thing. We're going to watch gotta it. sit you down. We got to watch it together. Let's do it, baby. Yeah, I've never seen Goodfellas. <laughs> we'll make some sausage and peppers. We'll watch it together. I, I love it. The friendship between T.A. and Liam Hendricks has been very well documented. They both talk about each other all the time. They're, 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 their wives are friends. Um, Liam is, is a, a very good family man. Liam's a great person, that kind of thing. I think that's one of them. Sit down and talk to him. And then it's probably Yaz. It's, pro- it's probably Grandal, who's also a great family man, who's got a few beautiful kids and a, a great wife, that kind of thing. Like, But then again, if it's not affecting his play on the field, then I don't think these guys should even intervene. You know, I, I, like, I know that I don't want to – I am against cheating, right? I am a, a very monogamous person, breaking news. I'm against cheating. I, I don't see how people do it, like – I'm 30, all my friends are dating, that kind of thing. And they can go and date multiple girls at once, you know, like go on multiple dates with multiple girls. I get stories confused. I can't, like, I'll start talking to one girl about her dad that she told me had cancer, but it wasn't her, it was the other girl. And hit her dad didn't have cancer. And she, wait, does my dad have cancer? No, your dad doesn't have cancer. Like, so I think it's probably Yaz and Liam Hendricks. If somebody's going to say something, it's probably them. But it's such a shitty situation. It's, it's, it's a horrible it, situation. Uh, a, a guy who's supposed to be the face of Major League Baseball. That's the problem. And and that's the thing. And I think that he maybe he wrote some checks with his mouth that now he's having to cash. And he got put out there. And if you're in those situations, it's best to lay low and not allow the girl that you're cheating with uh, to videotape you. And uh, at any point take pictures with you social media is making it a big deal let's not pretend that this didn't go on all through professional sports for the last ever since it's been created and let's not pretend that it doesn't happen all over the earth right in the world you have people that cheat on their spouses that you work with that are your police officers are your firemen are your bartenders everything there's a ton of those people out there he just happens to be in a position of power like it or, or spotlight rather and he is the socks have invested they finally have invested the money in him and then this is all coming out and that's what is the hardest part for me is i don't want to disparage him i don't want to disparage the family and I feel bad for his wife and daughters, unless this is something that they knew or know about and it is okay. But I, I, I kind of doubt that Bria's like, yeah, you can knock her up. That's fine. You know, go out there and just do what you want. I just, he was very sloppy about it. It seems like, and that's the most discerning, like the most concerning part. It's like, he doesn't really care. And yeah. so or it looks like he doesn't care because I don't know exactly what's happening. So I, it's, it's unfortunate. And I, I don't know. It makes me it makes me sad. It's my daughter's favorite player. Wants to play shortstop. Wants to do this. But I also don't have to tell my daughter about it. So like I can just be like, hey, listen, I I don't know. He's hurt right now. You know, he, he's doing whatever. My daughter's not asking me. If she was fourteen and was on Twitter or Instagram, we'd be having a different conversation. But right now, she don't know. And yeah, she don't your daughter's that. five or six, right? She's six. Yep. I, I think it would be even more concerning if you sat down with your six-year-old daughter and said, "Hey, listen, <laughs> so, I don't know what you've heard, but Tim Anderson not right. the girl. So, let's rethink things here. <laughs> Waffles in the morning, and you're telling your daughter about Tim Anderson's side piece. Yeah, Dad. You know, I heard about that. You know, they were talking about that. I'm saying, if she was old, it would be different, Shane. 
Lope, how do you feel? Yeah, I was going to say, just to pick up on one thing you you mentioned there, My Sex Summer, is the sloppiness, you know, and, and, I, and I, I agree with Shane. I'm, I've always been a guy who's monogamous, and I'm going on, I'll have a, my 20th wedding anniversary in September this year. My wife and I have been together forever, and, but, I, so this is not a morality take, because everyone, as Treasy said, everyone has their own deal. You, you deal with that how it is. It's the attention to detail here and the sloppiness, and it's like it's a re, a little bit of a reoccurring theme with Tim uh, when you think about his defense, right? His defense kind of mirrors some of this, like oh, he doesn't make the, the the plays that he should make kind of thing, and you you just want him to take better care of his house, take better care of your your dealings, your details here. You know, I, I have no uh, opinion whatsoever on on what he does in his bedroom or whatever. But I, I want him to be less sloppy, like you're, like you're talking about, my sex and I want that to carry out into his uh, performance on the field. To me, the, the players, they're my entertainment, man. I, I pay to go watch you, and I, I love watching these players, and I love what they do on the field. And I want that to be better, and that's really my only concern with them. And so that, that's my hope. All right. I still have this team winning the AL Central, probably with – I, I think it might take 88 games. I, I think they might win 88. I, I, before the season, I had them at 94, but that's for sure not going to happen at this point. I still have them as the AL Central uh, champions at 88 games. Terezi? Yeah, I think it, I, I like that prediction. Like uh, b- below 90, but but winning the division. I, I think it, recently uh, someone asked me this, and I said I think it's going to be a kind of a, a gross division at the, at the end of the year, but I think the Sox should win it. You, you look at the twins right now, and they're 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 kind of way overperforming, um, and they haven't had a significant time without Byron Buxton, uh, which is par for the course. I mean, we have guys like that too, and we're we're experiencing that. Um, and Luis Sarias is like hitting out of his mind. Like, does that continue? If it does continue, I mean, we're in trouble. But like, there there should be some kind of regression to the mean there, and like, if when those things start to compound. Uh, I think that, you know, they can definitely slip. I'd like to see that happen like mid-July when we're out in Minnesota to go see the Sox play the Twins and then really kind of kind of switch things there uh, and then never look back. That would be that would be my hope. But, yeah, I agree. Just under 90 wins uh, takes the division. And I think the Sox are still in position to do that. Do you guys plan on getting super fucked up in Minnesota? Because Tanny and I took off Friday and we're driving up there Friday morning. And so we're going to get absolutely wasted. Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll, and we'll be there Friday as well. Like, the, Saturday, like the, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, we got the big event yeah. going. Um, so that day, that'll be a mess because that starts at like ten thirty in the morning. Are there still tickets available to that to that bar for, for anybody who's listening who might, might want to go up to Minneapolis? There are, and you can go to the uh, from the one hundred eight dot com in or socksmachine dot com, and we both have the the tickets up. We can, uh, or if you're looking for it, just uh, tweet at me or DM me. I'll, I'm happy to point you to it. My sock summer. Before your prediction, do you have anything to say to Chris Tannehill? Nah. <laughs> I love that guy. He hasn't even asked me for a bobblehead yet this year. I feel unused. I, I really enjoy enjoy that. He just wants to hang out and talk sometimes and not ask me to get him a bobblehead. Okay, yeah. So, He's kind of greedy that way. Yeah. He is. For other things from so he's like, hey, I, I'm almost shocked, too, that you guys didn't have the OG 108 members on this instead of us. So I, 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 mean, I thought Wally <laughs> and Mr. Guy. Han would be on this first before us. But I'm glad that we get to bust the cherry. So because especially before Wally, because Wally will definitely wreck the fit. Um, I think that you have a good chance to win this division especially your your numbers seem good i'm gonna say 87 just to be a little bit you know controversial but this these teams are not that good and 
we doesn't matter if we were hot to start the year and winning all then if we're hot to end the year that's going to be fine like we've maybe we're getting all the ayahs out now maybe we're getting all the bad stuff out of the way you know maybe we're not i don't know but let's just pretend that all the bad stuff is happening now and we won't be 100 percent gassed going into the final stretch to win the division and start kicking some ass in the playoffs beef you know what? You guys have sold me. I had a, a question for the fellas last night on the 108 podcast. I have a futures bet out there with the twins at points bet and $250 I bet at a nine to one and I could cash it out right now for a thousand dollars. And I asked the fellas, should I cash that out? And they said, yes. And then Shane, you're telling me resoundingly, yes, you believe that. So I am going to cash that bet out today. And then I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to do what Sammy Panionovich told me to do. He told me to take the thousand and jam it on the White Sox. Yep. I may still do that. I'm thinking about it. We'll <laughs> see. But I'm back in. I think it's going to be lower wins, though. I'm going to say 85 wins wins this division. They're going to sneak it out. 85 wins, very very tight race all the way down. And it's going to be fun for us because we're going to get to enjoy the the, the comeback, the wave that that comes back, overtakes the Guardians, overtakes the Twins. Okay. 85 Let's take that money to the casino, baby. (laughs) Bet jamming. It's a new one from Jackie Treehorn. From the 108 is live on Thursdays, correct? Your podcast live on Thursdays. Subscribe on YouTube because I think that's where the best monetization comes from. Uh, Walk live on Thursdays. And then you do the, on Tuesdays, you do like a watch party thing, right? Do a watch party on Tuesdays. And then Sunday home, uh, Sunday home series, we do the Sunday soak a live all question show from from beef loaf's hot tub uh and you can ask well we post on twitter to get the questions and you can ask whatever you want it's basically anything. an ask me anything uh baseball questions are allowed but not encouraged i um <laughs> I, I noticed that you guys invited once again uh my buddy summer of george to do the sunday soak this past sunday when he was staying with me for the second year in a row of him staying with me and i haven't i haven't seen my invite and i noticed again that he didn't <laughs> He didn't make it again to the Sunday show because I watched him. I'm looking down the hallway. I watched him walk out of that room at like 1245 after coming in at 7 o'clock in the morning. Sneaking through and, I guess I didn't have a key for him, so I left the front window off my porch open. So he's coming coming through the window at 7 o'clock in the morning. Right. I said, hey, man, don't, don't you have the Sunday show to get to? Those guys are so excited to see you. Oh, uh, no, I can't do baseball today. I can't go sit in a hot tub today. <laughs> Guy's an absolute shit show. And for some fucking reason, he's gotten two invites to the Sunday show. Shane, Shane your, your invite's coming. It's it's starting to be guest season in the Sunday mm-hmm. soap. We just we wow. had we had Sammy Panionovich on uh, the next Sunday soap. We're going to have Brian Knights, who was the one away tourney champion. It's, it is guest season so your invites coming baby don't worry all right my, my biggest that. concern shane and why it's it's sometime a little bit of a delay to to work with you is that there's certain times of the year where i shave and then like there's a good couple months there where i don't feel like my beard is up to snuff with yours at all so i just oh, feel God. so outbearded that i don't even want to like be in the same room as you that's why I, the, it was the first time you saw me in a while this past weekend i was like okay at least my beard is back i can i can talk to shane Okay, guys thank you very much for joining me today uh appreciate you very much i will see you out at the park on friday sounds good thanks shane yeah thanks shane all right guys